You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. TJ Hushmanzada, pro bowler when he played in the National Football League. Of course, you can hear him across Fox Sports Radio. See him on Fox Sports 1. Joining me, I'm Doug Gottlieb. We're here with you, here for you. Or her you're with you for the jet duration? Yeah, something like that. Um, next three hours, you're stuck with the two of us as we are the day before the day before the new year, right? We're the eve of New Year's. New Year's Eve Eve is tonight. TJ, happy new year to you. How are you? Doug, I'm doing good, my man. Happy new year to you as well. How are you? I'm great. You know, what's interesting is when we first met, Okay, this is way back when you're playing for the Bengals. I'm doing a radio show at night. First, have you on? I think it was maybe one, maybe the last question I asked you, and you were like, "Next time you have me on, can we talk about our Lakers?" Right? <laughs> this is this is a true story. This is probably 15 years ago. Right? You're like, next time you have me on, can we talk about our Lakers? Knowing both of us. Grew up in and around Southern California, spent lots of our lives. Obviously, you bopped around the country a little bit. Um, but uh, guess what? You get your chance this morning. <laughs> Who would have known this many years later now, okay, as, par- as part of uh, shows and podcasts that we get to lead the Dan Patrick Show with? Man, LeBron was nice. The Lakers can't stop John Morant. Like, you, you wake up. We're two days before a new year, and what do you think of of the Lakers? The Lakers can't stop Ja Morant. The Lakers can't stop anybody. Anybody. And, and that, that to me, that's the biggest problem is it's almost unbelievable LeBron at his age can do what he's doing, and they're still losing games the way they're losing them. Like, you're up the entire game. And then you can't – they couldn't buy a buck in the fourth quarter. Like, I'm watching the game, Doug, and it's just so frustrating. The Grizzlies, you know they're going to go to John Morant. Can somebody slow him down or just force somebody else to beat you? Force somebody else to beat you. Okay, we can't stop John Morant. We're going to double him, and we're going to force somebody to beat us. No, you let the best player beat you. And then you score 16 points in the fourth quarter. 16 points in the fourth quarter. Carmelo, he didn't have a good game. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well. After shooting the ball extremely well, I believe it was Monday, he shot the ball well. And, yeah, and I mean, so, they, they, beat, they beat up on the JV from Houston on Monday. But he, he shot the ball well. Carmelo didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Westbrook had a triple-double. But I don't know. It was, you remember late in the game, he had a layup. He missed it. And I'm like, oh, man. But I, I believe it, it's the – 16 points in the fourth quarter and not being able to stop the best player when you know the best player is killing you at this point. But it's been our problem all year. We can't play defense. Well, there's there's a bunch of different layers to it. Obviously, still playing without um, Anthony Davis. He's a, he's a, he is a game changer. No matter how poorly he shot this year, let's also remember when he's right, that guy's pretty good. The problem is how often injured is he? And then there, there's a there's a chunk of quasi starters, bench players that still remain out. The issue is that if you want to say, "Hey, they're without," and 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 when you're starting LeBron at center, that's why you're going to give away so many shots at the rim because he's it's not what he, he's not a rim protector. Um, he never has been, and he definitely isn't at this point in his career. 
But I, I think the the bigger thing is that most of us feel, and I, and you tell me if I'm wrong, like you watch the Chiefs going back to when they were struggling some, and you're like, all I got to do is take what the defense gives you, and they're still going to be really dangerous because they still have Tyreek Hill, they still have Travis Kelsey, and boy, if they just kind of start to slow somebody down. It, it didn't feel like it was that far away from the Chiefs. You know, there's just so many errors that they had made that you still had a healthy respect that at some point they'd figure it out. And sure enough, they figured it out, right? And I know I'm relating football to basketball, but it, it doesn't, you don't feel like, okay, we well just bring Anthony Davis back and you'll be fine. No. It, it doesn't feel that way for, the, for this group. And it's, it's interesting because... So many people have pointed out the age thing. Heck, I, point, I remember when they were signing all these guys, and I'm on uh, my show, on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. But, but my point then is the point you've just made, which is we get hyper-focused, and we're right, and you're right, that the older the player, the more likely they are to, to, to break down, or maybe not even break down, but get worn down. Yes, you want older, you need veteran players to come in and make a shot in the playoffs, make a shot in the finals, figure it out kind of on the fly. The problem is that in order to get there, you need consistency. But the bigger issue is when you're not young and you're not athletic, you can't guard anybody. And these dudes, they went from, the Lakers went from the best defensive team in the NBA two years ago to a, a very average defensive team who really struggles in guarding the ball. And that's kind of what basketball's all become is about the ability to contain the basketball. And if you can't contain it, you got to have a rim protector, and they don't have either. The Lakers, hindsight is twenty twenty. made a big mistake in letting Caruso go. Yes. He gave them extreme effort on the defensive side of the basketball. When, when you watch games, how many guys really put in the effort – Forget about just stopping a guy. How many guys just give you effort on the defensive end of the floor like he did? You think and say, oh, Avery Bradley? Outside of Avery Bradley, who else does it? They they don't have any. And Avery Bradley is older. And if you're going to have an older roster, I said this the other day, these guys got to give you maximum effort, and they just got to play less minutes. They got But deep. LeBron goes for 37 points, and you're still losing because in the fourth quarter, the legs are worn out, they're tired, they can't knock down shots, and that's obvious because they scored 16. You haven't stopped anybody all game. You're really not going to be able to stop Memphis, and they're a young team. Their best player is extremely young. Something They got to figure this out. I don't understand. Just Somebody has to have some type of accountability and say, I'm going to leave the charge on the defensive end of the floor. It has to be Westbrook or LeBron. Two best players on the team with AD not playing. Somebody has to lead the charge. You would hope that would have been AD when he was playing. Defensively is going to be my calling card. And he was part of the problem as well. Even if AD was healthy, they would still be losing because when he was healthy, they're losing. TJ Oshmanzada, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan Danettes, Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those where... Um, we're just in a weird place with LeBron where I do think, and I, I don't know, I, I, um, I can't figure out um, how we're supposed to treat 
the scoring now, right? Like you're like, wow, you're scoring. But the whole idea, LeBron's whole thing has been like, yes, I score, but it's all about winning. And he can't make this team win. Is this and, why and he can't people don't want to play with LeBron? Huh? Because is this why people don't want to play with LeBron? Because as as you see, both of us, we're we're somewhat absolving LeBron of any but, type of blame, and we're trying to find everyone else. Is this could could this be a reason why? Oh man, I go to LA yes, and play with LeBron. Of, we don't of, win. Of course, I'm getting blamed. Of, of of course, but I also think that if we're honest, I mean, like, look, he's not nearly as good defensively as as he used to be. But if you're going to put up 35 a night and 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 he start, he's playing far more. Like he's been offensively or scoring wise, he's been, he's been, he hasn't been the problem, you know. And but yes, you're right. That's the way it works with LeBron. Which is when he wins, it's about LeBron. When he doesn't win, it ain't about LeBron. It's about everybody else. That that is the way. In fact, it works. And I think that's one of the weird things where Laker fans are. I still don't feel like LeBron is a is. Viewed as a Laker, it's still a weird kind of mercenary type of relationship between the fans and and Team LeBron more so than the fans and, and like the Lakers. And and the sad part is the only player that someone may want and you can bring an asset back to help is Taylor Horton Tucker, and he's not playing particularly well. And so I don't know where they go from here. They got to figure this out, but. Like, just the game, man. If you just remember the game, LeBron started off so well. At one point, I was like, man, LeBron's not going to miss a three. He was on fire. And then you get towards the end of the game, he starts shooting threes because they're losing or the game is close and he's trying to keep up and keep them in the game. And I believe it was like eight for 14. But at one point, he was six for seven. And I said, oh, we're going to win this game. We go up, I think, by 16 points. And then here comes Ja. It was like, uh, they better put A.B. Bradley on Ja. They better start double-teaming him. And LeBron had a great game. But Ja Morant, he outplayed him. And that's what somebody in their early 20s who was sending to a superstar is supposed to do. Well, he also, I mean, like like if Ja Morant's 6 or 7 from 3, there's there's not a lot of things you I mean you, if he makes his jump shots there's not a lot you can do cuz that guy has he has like bionic legs going to the basket it's it's it, it's freaky all right let's i i do i want to get the football upcoming next hey rocket scientists look no further for the next big thinker first in class technology a leader in innovation and an intelligence not yet seen from an SUV the 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLE learn more at mbusa.com mercedes-benz the best or nothing. TJ made made a name for himself, was a pro bowler with the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. Bengals take on the Chiefs this Sunday. Who would have thought that, (laughs) who would have ever thought, especially go back like a year ago, that Chiefs and Bengals might be the game of the week and a preview of things to come in the second part of the season. That's upcoming next on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb and TJ Hushmanzada in for Dan Danette's Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, pretty obvious that um, I... I would guess the whole world is starting to come around to this. Hey, you know, Joe Burrow's got that 
It's not just to have swag, but he's got some game kind of to back it up. Um, for full disclosure, TJ, I don't. Does everybody know that you work you work these guys out extensively before the NFL draft? I don't know if everybody knows how much work you do still on the football field with with these players. Um, when you first met Joe Burrow, first saw him throw and were around him, what would you think? The you told me the very first day that I saw him, yeah, on the field, yeah. This this I thing, this is working, right? I said, <laughs> I, I thought uh, he has work to do. First, first thing that came to my mind. Okay, what and what work did he have to do? It was it, it's just from obviously I, I don't they just finished uh, winning the national championship. We're out here training. And the weather wasn't the best. It was actually raining early on in January uh, quite a bit. And it was the year just before COVID hit. And uh, we just went out to throw, as you would. I got the receivers that I'm working with, and Jordan Palmer has the quarterbacks. And it it just wasn't – and granted, there's other quarterbacks out there that are really good. And, I mean, he just didn't throw the ball like they threw it. And so that was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm sure he thought the same thing. And I'm sure the other quarterbacks and players that were there also thought the same thing. When you say don't didn't throw it like other guys threw it, what do you mean? It it didn't it didn't jump out of his hand like the other guys. And there were some high profile guys there and there weren't so high profile guys there. And that, that were also quarterbacks. But it was crazy because I would say by the next week, it wasn't a difference. Now, it still wasn't jumping out, but he was he threw with anticipation. Like, he hit his fifth step, ball out. He wasn't holding the ball. He wasn't seeing the receiver open. But what what I think happens with, with quarterbacks is this, and it's not even quarterbacks. It's just football players in general. A lot of times we can judge – and see the physical, oh, he's better than him at this. He's faster than him. Oh, he does this better than him. We can never judge somebody mentally how much better he is mentally just by watching. Joe's better than a lot of guys because he's just so much better than them in between the ears. Mentally, he better. He processes information quickly. He's fast, but more than anything, he truly, truly believes in himself. That's what stuck out to me more than anything. Like, he walked around like, I'm that dude. Y'all know it. Nobody out here can F with me. And that's, uh, how, he car- and that's how he carried himself. And, and, and the only thing that was, that, the only time which that hasn't been the case, or maybe it, it was the case, he just wasn't playing that well, was, remember, the preseason this year, coming off the ACL, he was, he was tentative, especially with his plant leg. Uh, but it seems like as soon as they hit the regular season, with with a couple of exceptions, he has been that dude. Okay, so they match up with the Chiefs. It it does feel like like the Chiefs have a couple better weapons and more experience. Are the Bengals actually the better team? The Bengals seem to be the better team. The way they're playing football as of late. I mean, they're coming off of a a game where yeah, Baltimore they didn't have their best players. But this is National Football League. Joe Burrow throws for over 500 yards. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase over 100. The Bengals can beat you either way. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Against the Chiefs, they're going to need to do both. And that defense is going to have to step up. But 
now let's not discredit the Chiefs. Oh man, the Chiefs are early in the season. I was one of those guys. Like, I don't know what the Chiefs are gonna do. The Chiefs are kind of falling off. It, it, they just weren't winning games the way we were accustomed to seeing winning, scoring forty, fifty points. Teams playing catch up. Defense may not be so good, but they made up for it because they were so potent in offense. Now. It's somewhat the other way around. And it's what you said earlier. The Chiefs are taking what teams are giving them, but that defense is leading the charge. And so when you look at the totality of a team, I would say you go the lines up front, offensive, defense, the backs, the backers, the skill guys. And the totality of it, I would say the Bengals have the better team. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really weird. They've done a nice job accumulating some talent as well. Uh, we didn't mention Joe Mixon. You mentioned their ability to run the football. They can run it. They can stop you a little bit or at least slow you down. And uh, I don't know. This one, this one to me is, is fascinating. Um, and, then, and then, you know, from the, from the AFC perspective, it does feel like there used, it used to be, I don't know, would it used to be harder to win in Kansas City? I, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't feel like road environments matter nearly as much outside of maybe Green Bay and and Buffalo because the weather. Nah, I'm not gonna lie. Kansas City is tough to play in. <laughs> Kansas City is one of the loudest stadiums out there. That's outdoors. Yeah, it's yeah. Kansas City. It's Seattle. Pittsburgh and Baltimore can get loud, but Kansas City is extremely loud. And it's cold, but it's not a. It's not as cold as Cleveland. It, it's not going to be cold to the point where when you're playing, you're like, man, this is this is ridiculous. But that environment is is something else. This is pretty much the game of the week. You got to be in front of your TV watching this game. I'm excited just to see the, the matchup of how are the Bengals going to attack the Chiefs considering how well they've played as of late, that defense. We're talking Kansas City. Are we going to give it to Mixon? How are the Chiefs going to match up outside with the Bengals? You man them up. Could be a recipe for disaster. And so Spagnola's been playing a lot of too high. If they do that, the Bengals should have a field day running the ball because that offensive line have been opening holes up for Mixon. So it's going to be a chess match. Doug Gottlieb and TJ Hushman's not in for Dan the Danettes. Yes, no, I was just, just so people are aware, we're only pointing out home field with Kansas City because you're talking about the playoffs in which you'd likely have to go through Kansas City in order to get to a to a Super Bowl this weekend's in uh is in Cincinnati. Um okay, what wh- what do you what what really ha- has happened to the New England Patriots? Like what's what's really happened with Mac Jones? Is this have we hit the ceiling and now people figured out that he doesn't have the arm strength because he was a guy who what you're pointing out about Burrow is what it felt like during the season from Mac Jones. It's not that he doesn't have an arm. It's, you know, they talk about golf. Uh, you want it to die at the hole. His ball dies at the hole, right? <laughs> like it, it gets there, but it's not like it's flying by like a stray bullet. Um, and it, it feels like people are challenging that. Is it as simple as, yeah, we'll reach the ceiling here for Mac Jones. I, I don't, I don't like when we, we, Oh, what happened to Mac Jones? Did people figure him out? This is sports. You're going to have some good games. You're going to have some bad games. But with that being said, Mac Jones isn't playing any different from a 
perspective of how he's approaching the game. They're throwing all these short routes. I think people are starting to realize, like, hey, it's late in the season. It's bad weather in New England. We're going to force him to beat us over the top. Whether he has a great arm or not, everybody that's a quarterback in the National Football League can throw the ball at least 55 yards down the air. So you can't you can't just get overboard and say, we're going to force him to throw it over our heads. Oh, it can get thrown over your heads. It's up to the receivers. Can can they win? Can they win down the field? Will Josh McDaniel and Bill Belichick allow Mac Jones to take some chances? If you watch their games, they play it safe a ton offensively. So do they not think he can do it? Or is just just how they want to play? Let's not force the ball. Let's let our defense and our run game keep us in the game because that's what they did early on. And it was it was working for them. They got to be careful, Doug. They might not have the type of season that early on. Every oh my God, the New England Patriots—they look great with with Mac Jones. Well, they're, they're they, gonna be they're gonna beat Jacksonville this weekend, right? Okay, they're gonna yes. beat Jacksonville. Then they have the Dolphins last week of the season. That 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 should be for the they can win the division. Uh, Dolphins fighting for their playoff lives, right? Also trying to get into the playoffs. I don't know. You win ten games um, after. Last season, and and look, last season it was a great year. Even though they had seven wins with eight opt outs, and you're you know you're patching together Cam Newton who struggles to throw a football as your quarterback, and he battles through COVID. Like, I, I mean, did you did you expect them to win more than ten games? No, I, I I thought the way they played last year, I thought they would win between eight to ten. I, I really did. Bill Belichick, he's he's a good coach. They're going to be competitive with everybody. Every Last year, just look at the guys that they had, and he found a way to get it done considering their starting quarterback comes in late. Yep. He catches COVID. And, and so Bill Belichick is too good of a coach not to have his teams competitive week in and week out. They just don't have the firepower. I mean, they made upgrades to offense. Who's their starting receivers, Doug? Nobody knows, right? No, they made they, the, really the upgrades are o- o- offensive line, and they made a upgrade in a t- in tight end, and they made upgrades to the defense. They spent a ton of money in the defense. That's where they that's what they wanted to rebuild this team around. You know, when you when you watch them, Mac Jones sits in that pocket. He sits in that. Po- he has time. Like teams blitz, not a problem. They pre- they pick it up. They protect them. They don't blitz. Nice, clean pocket. Like, very rarely when you watch New England play is that quarterback under pressure. Mac Jones is never really under pressure. So, up front, they've done a great job of protecting him. We know who Nikhil Harry is because he was drafted high. I know I know their receivers because I'm a fan of the game, but does the average fan know who their receivers are? And so, it's been this story for a long time in New England. Who's their receivers? Who's their skill guys? Would they start on any other team? But when you start to look around, the Patriots have to do a better job of identifying and drafting or just developing their skilled players because for years they have not done it. They they just can't. They haven't done it. Uh, TJ Spinzada, Doug Gottlieb, and for Dan Danettes, the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Let's uh, let's catch up with Vernon Davis. Uh, who joins us. Vern Davis, of course, um, now he's an actor and a producer. He played 14 years in the National Football League, a two-time Pro Bowler. Vernon, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How you guys doing? 
we're we're pretty good. Uh, obviously, we're discussing the Patriots right now. Has you, you popped in with us? And it's interesting because playing tight end. Now they did TJ invest, you know, at the tight end position, and you went and got Hunter Henry. Haven't gotten nearly as much out of him. Uh, but is that is that fair that that teams and the narratives? Of those teams, Vernon, like like the Patriots not developing or drafting skill position players, is that a fair narrative for the Pats? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could say that. I mean, you know, the, the Pats they have a tradition of, of of holding on to their players and you know developing what developing them while they're there. But uh, you know, you you just never really know uh, the root of it. But I guess you can't say that. Hey, Vernon, what's going on, my man? TJ, how you doing, babe? I'm pretty good. How you 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 still uh working out, looking like uh, you were born to play football or be a bodybuilder, man? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can blame my mama for that, man. Hey, you can't, hey, can't gripe over the genes, huh? That's, that's what you <laughs> were born with. So, so when you when you when you look at the season, man, which, which teams do you like to watch? I know you're an actor now in. In a few years, you're going to be known for acting more than football. They're going to forget you were a football player. But w- what teams do you watch and you say, I want to try to watch them each and every week? And which young tight ends, being that you're one of the best to play, do you, you see? Know what? No, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead, Vernon. Oh, sorry to cut you off. No, that's inter- interesting you say that. Um, I look at Logan over in Washington, Washington with the Washington football team. Also pay attention, close attention to George Kittle because – you know, he's wearing number 85. He's in San Francisco. He's a young guy, and I think a lot of people forget that because of the amount of production he's been able to have over in San Francisco. But he's still a young guy. He has, he has so much potential, so much room to continue to evolve and grow as a player and as a person. So I really pay attention to him. Uh, TJ mentioned the acting, and, and you're, you're such a part of it. Like, was this always a plan? Was this always a thought? Like, when you're playing, you're like, when I get done, that's what I want to do. You know what? No, I, I didn't. When I went into uh, – when I got drafted, I was, I was all about art. I was, I was an art studio. I majored in art studio. Um, so when I arrived in San Francisco, I opened up an art gallery. And um, till about uh, year. All right, let's let guys let's let's get let, yeah we did we'll get we'll get him back in a second. We just got to the open an art gallery. TJ, is that what you did when you got to Cincinnati? You're like, man, I'm gonna open an art gallery. <laughs> hey, man, he's you see what he majored in at Maryland, and so it, it's always been like Vernon's gonna be a guy that people are gonna forget that he was a football player. And you you can look at like Terry Crews and The Rock, but those guys weren't the athlete or not even say the athlete they just weren't they didn't have a professional career like no, like like, look, like let's let's like let me help let me help you out here Th- those guys have become <laughs> huge names in acting they weren't like elite football players they're just okay, guys that, that played football right yes, Bernard davis better. was a hell of a football player yeah a, a hell of a football player and like Terry Crews is a perfect example. I remember when, when he was at the Combine, I remember it looked like he had the Batman suit on. Like, now he's got the suit on, right? So you're right. He's a great football player who could be a great actor, whereas those guys are great actors that were just marginal football players. Vernon Davis re- returns with, okay, so you open an art gallery in San Francisco, then what? You know, after that, I just I focused on that, and I uh, just I played ball. You know, when, when you're playing football, there's only so much you can do because – 
you know, when you're committed and you're passionate about something, and you have that desire, you really want to put your all into that. So it wasn't it wasn't too much. I opened that art gallery because it was something that I wanted to have. I just wanted to have something else that I could go to when I wasn't playing ball. Hey, Vernon, have you had to have you slimmed down as an actor? Or are you still, you know, Adonis? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. No, I don't bench press anymore. I don't lift heavy weights. I I slimmed down a little bit, around two hundred and thirty-five pounds. I, I changed my diet, um, so I eat clean, cleaner than I did when I was playing, and that's about it. Pretty much it. When you say when you say eat clean, like to what level do you eat clean? Are you a measure your food, measure every every portion sort of dude? No, no, no. I just I I, I try to stay. I just eat fish. Uh, tons of vegetables, and I only eat twice a day. So what I ate last night, you I had a Cinnabon and four scoops of ice cream last night. You, wow. you're not, you're not, oh, true man. story. No, no lie. That's what I ate last night. I had a Cinnabon. So you're not, you're not eating any of that. No, I try to stay away from oh, it. Every once in a while, I got to do better, Vernon. I got to do better. Then I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to do better. <laughs> Vernon Davis joining us. You know, the, there's a famous story about. Ronnie Dangerfield, when he was filming Caddyshack, that no, nobody was laughing. He thought he was bombing, but it's because they're filming a movie. As, as a guy who's a, a great player, right, what, what is it like when you first start filming movies and there's, not, there's no immediate feedback? You know, sometimes you want to do something different, but it's not like there's any crowd cheering. You know, no one's going to say outside maybe the director that you need to do something better. You know, the, the, the feedback doesn't come immediately, at least I would think, as opposed to when you're playing, you're going to get the crowd reaction. You're going to get your teammates reaction. You know individually when you perform well, when you perform poorly. What's that like in the, the, the differences in the reaction and how you have to uh, kind of judge yourself after you've performed? Yeah, you know, you get a you get a lot. You're right. You don't have that crowd around. You don't you don't have the reactions. But you know, that's why we, we have the director and you have the producer. But mostly the director and the DP, director of photography. They'll they're the ones that really give you that feedback and and kind of let you know how you're doing. But when you prepare and you have that preparation, you're really not looking for the feedback because you know that you're ready. You put all the time and energy that you possibly could into. Uh, just being in the moment, just like football is all about being in the moment. So that's that's the only difference when it comes to to acting in football. Now, do you do the method thing? Like, do you get into character where anytime somebody sees you on the street, you're still in character? No, they have this technique called Ivana Chubbuck and uh, the Meisner technique. I, I play off of that, and I just kind of just make it into my own. Once you learn um, a ton of different techniques, you can kind of build your own your own thing. Because it all, at the end of the day, it all runs to get it all. It's pretty much all the same thing when it comes to the the preparation part, uh, getting ready for a film. Hey, Vernon, in, in football, in sports in general, we win, we lose. I make that block, I don't. I catch the ball, I don't catch the ball. I score a touchdown, I don't score a touchdown. We win the game, we lose the game. Is it that black and white in acting? Is it either we win or we lose, or you figured out? There's other victories without it being a victory. You know, it's, it's, I think it all boils down to the preparation part because there's no, there's no right or wrong choice. when you, They call it choices when, you, when you're acting. It's, it's the choices that we make um, when it comes to uh, our performance. So there's no right or wrong. It's just, it's just that some choices are a lot stronger than, than a lot of choices. You know what I mean? So it's, it's that, that's just pretty much what it is. And I, and I guess you can look at that when you don't make the strongest choice, 
is considered you can look at it as as losing a bit, but we you you can't really judge it. It's more for the critics and uh, you just have to be confident and know that you you made the best choice that you could could have possibly made. Uh, you're you're filming a serial killer thriller alongside Morgan Freeman. So when 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 you see when Morgan Freeman walks into a room, do you think God, or do you think Shawshank Redemption? Like he's a guy who can get you things. Man, I'm thinking voice of I'm thinking God. I'm like, oh man, this is God right here, man. He's just his, <laughs> his voice. When you hear his voice, you can't you can't help but to think about it. You can't help but to think think of God, the voice of God. Tell me you don't die like early in the like like. <laughs> tell me you don't die early in the series. Like, uh, Vernon, good news that we got you a, a film. It's a serial killer film. Awesome. Bad news is you die in the first scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm actually I, the the movie's actually. Um, uh, surrounded by my character my character is the guy that this uh that makes the movie he's the he's the guy that morgan freeman and cole hauser uh, from yellowstone who we all know of they're they're coming after they're trying to get this character and figure out what he's doing uh and how to stop him wait so you're the you're the serial killer you play a serial killer i do yep that's that's, that's nightmare crazy. fuel, right? Like, can you imagine somebody? It's one thing if it's Vernon Davis, but if Vernon Davis had a mean bone in his body and then was a serial killer, how do you how how do you stop a serial killer? I, I, that I'm I, that's crazy. That's a that's a good little storyline. I can't wait to see. <laughs> hey, hey Ver, Vernon. So obviously you you're recently retired. It's not like you've been out of football a, a long time. What do you think – how do you think you'd been able to handle playing with what's going on now? Guys getting COVID, you can't play. Some guys are isolated from others. How do you think you'd have been able to handle that? You know what? I, I think I was talking to one of my one of my ex-teammates the other day, and he was telling me, like, the process of how they – how they, they're at home and they have Zoom meetings and then they go in just for practice. I just when – I, when I hear that, I'm like, wow, I, I couldn't – I can't – I just – I can't see that. I can't see that for myself just being in that space because I'm so used to being in the facility and just the normal lifestyle of being a professional athlete. So I, I just can't imagine that at the moment. It's just I don't know how I would be able to do it. Uh, did you see the Washington football team? Was that was that on Christmas Day or right around Christmas Day where they're 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 fighting each other on the bench? Uh, two dudes who played together at, at Alabama. Have you ever gotten to a fist fight on the bench during a game? Jonathan Allen and, 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 and Mr. Payne, I, those are two great gentlemen. I mean, I had the honor of playing with them, and they were amazing, amazing players, amazing people. And I think it was just the, in the heat of, heat of the battle. They just – because brothers, they're brothers. They're brother, brothers fight sometimes, and it's understandable. I'm sure those guys are at dinner or they're having lunch or, 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 or something of that sort. But, no, I, I, don't, I don't know if I ever really got into a confrontation on the bench. Or maybe I have. Maybe I have. I, I I just can't recall it, but I'm sure there was a moment uh, that it that it happened. I just don't remember vaguely remember. Vernon, we wish you nothing but the success and happiness in 2022, and we appreciate you joining us on the Dan Patrick Show. Hey, Vernon, uh, I'm hitting you, guys, you, I'm hitting you up, bro. When you start having these world premieres, don't big time me. <laughs> remember this. Remember this. Me telling you this, man. Wish you nothing but the best, bro. I appreciate it, TJ. Good to hear from you guys. Uh, the, the the breakthrough of the interview is that TJ ate a Cinnabon with four scoops of ice cream. We've got to have to find out what kind of ice cream. Don't don't give it away. That's a tease in the business. Rams host Ravens this week. 
Um, but there's some questions about Baltimore at quarterback. We'll share those questions. Maybe TJ will give us an answer next in the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. With T.J. Oshmanzada, I'm Doug Gottlieb. And um, uh, we, we got, obviously, the new quarantining news is going to change. And it feels like most guys in the COVID uh, protocols, you know, barring guys are really, really sick because your improvement level is kind of on your honor. Feels like most rosters will be filled up. There's some huge games upcoming. Um, TJ, I, I, I went to a Raider game this year in Vegas. You, you went that week against Washington, right? Man, I had a ton of fun. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, man, you, you, you recall it correctly? Yes. No, it was it was great. Like uh, the that that whole setup is. I always thought Raiders in Vegas would be a win. You know, uh, my 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 sister used to work for the Raiders, and the whole thing is like, if you could ever get a permanent home, now you get one where Vegas has always been kind of a Raider town. Plus, people from Oakland can fly in. People from L.A. can fly or drive in. And then, you know, it's like a destination to come to the game. We were there, and the Washington football team is like, you know, you got about a quarter of the crowd is like Washington football team fans. It's like a it's a great little kind of destination getaway weekend for people. Yeah, man, it, it was fun. We, we went out there up on game. We stayed at the Mandalay Bay. We did our show from the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook, had a dinner, strip steak at the Mandalay Bay. They also gave us a tour to Bud Light uh, Beer Gardens Arena where they tailgate before Raiders games. So we didn't we didn't have a good time, man. We had a great time. Yeah, no, it's and it's and if you've been to the 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 Allegiant Stadium, it's just under the freeway, like you or you actually go over the freeway from Mandalay Bay, so you can like walk from one part to the other. All right, so if you're in Vegas, you're throwing some money down this weekend. You have the Ravens, and they're playing for their playoff lives against the Rams. But we got no idea if Lamar Jackson's going to play. Now, Tyler Huntley was just taken off the COVID protocol list. And, of course, he was playing well before he got COVID uh, as Lamar's backup. But you saw Lamar, I'm sure, that, like, man, they need to water that grass. Now, it's like grass in, in the mid-Atlantic region. <laughs> hey, was that, was that grass? <laughs> what that's was what gra- that? That's, that's, what grass looks, that's what grass looks like when it, when it dies. Like, that's what sod looks like when it dies in the offseason. Looks, I mean, it is light, light brown. It looks like, like bright dirt. Anyway, he was kind of hobbling around there, but but it's still early in the week, and they can do. But his legs are more important than anybody else's legs in the NFL. What do you think about Lamar playing or not playing this weekend? They're fighting for their playoff lives, and, and so they need their best player to play. Whether he can be effective, I, I just have a hard the way he started trying to jog and he was limping. I, I'm not sure if he just wasn't doing that because he, he knows the cameras are out there the early, early portion of practice. And by like Baltimore has an indoor facility. I don't know why they just didn't go indoors. It must have been a nice day outside or something. But if Lamar Jackson, if he's walking with a pronounced limp, there's no way he's going to be effective. The Ram, they're going to eat him up. And so I truly believe if he plays, we're going to see the Lamar that we've been accustomed to seeing. He's going to be able to run around. He's going to be able to use his legs and his his athleticism because if not, 
they are in a world of trouble. There, there's just no way Lamar Jackson can play without running. I don't believe the Baltimore Ravens would put him out there if he's going to play the way he looked in practice, at least what we saw. You, you know, um, it's, it's interesting because there has been at least a mild discussion about, hey, if, you, if Lamar wants the biggest contract anybody's ever given him, uh, any, anybody's ever given a quarterback, do you consider Tyler Huntley instead and move it on from Lamar? Well, Tyler Huntley's only played a couple of games, but he looks really, really good. Okay, before we get to even that discussion, do you consider Huntley Huntley completely healthy or Lamar 90% healthy kind of shuffling around? If you're making that call, what do you do? Oh, if Lamar's 90%, he's going. 90% is too close to 100. If you're 90%, you got to go. Like, I, I was at the game when the Rams played the Ravens in L.A. a couple years ago. Whoo, the Ravens killed them. It, it was... I left early. It was like 45 to 6. Smoked them. And so that had to have been the worst loss of McVay's coaching career. The Rams are going to be ready to play. But if Lamar is 90%, Lamar is a starting quarterback. If he's anything above 80, he's starting. Anything less than 80, I'm going with Tyler Huntley. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you earned at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more discover.com slash match. All right, here's what we're going to do upcoming next. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did his weekly radio or YouTube spot. Once again, he gave us something to talk about. In this case, he talked about his relationship with the front office. He talked about the potential of playing in Green Bay and otherwise. And he also addressed the possibility of retiring and whether or not that is on the table. It's kind of all-encompassing in an answer to it. We'll play it for you, and then we'll parse it. We'll cut it up. That's upcoming next with T.J. Hushmanzada. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Dan Patrick Show.